exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact, one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact, East Lansing's only alternative. My name is Brad Brooks, and thank you for joining us here on The Exposure. For the next hour, we're going to be talking about movies, everything about movies, so give us calls if you have any concerns, questions, or if you want to talk about anything in particular, give us a call. Phone lines are always open at 517-432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. You'll see the Impact Movie Chat, and I have an excellent panel. Uh, they're the mainstays here on the Impact Movie Chat. I have Alex Dowd on. Alex, how you doing? Doing good, Brad. Thanks. It's good to have you on. The Keister, Andy Keist. How you doing, Andy? I'm excellent, Brad. Thank you. All right. My right-hand man, the Reverend. How you doing, Reverend? Uh, pretty good. All right. Should be a good show here. We're all kind of uh, under the weather, so uh, <laughs> should be a slightly ill uh, version of the uh, Impact Movie Chat, but it's, uh, we promise this to be a great show. we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Uh, a couple of great movies come out this weekend, Dawn of the Dead, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. We'll be talking about those later. Also, I'll let you know what's out on video this week. Also, I want to remind you, the East Lansing Film Festival, the 7th Annual East Lansing Film Festival, is in town right now, going on. Opened last night with the corporation at the Hanna Center. Uh, they have another show tonight at the Hanna Center, and then tomorrow night it explodes. Right, Alex? Uh, yeah. Explodes, <laughs> yes. So uh, you want to check out more information for that at the ELFF.com. That's the East Lansing Film Festival's website. And you want to stick around throughout the show. Over the last few weeks, we've been giving away uh, pairs of tickets to uh, various films at the East Lansing Film Festival uh, and giving you the opportunity to get uh, entered into our raffle for a student pass. Tonight, we are giving away that pass. Later on tonight, one of these uh, wonderful gentlemen that I'm sitting with will pull a name out of a hat. Uh, that person will pick up a complimentary student pass brought to you by the Impact Movie Chat and the East Lansing Film Festival. So stick around for that. Also, we have prizes tonight, guys. Got some cute little things. The Reverend took one home early. <laughs> Tell him what it is, Reverend. Uh, they're the official Dawn of the Dead remake hats. Yes. Who would have thought there'd be a hat, but it's official. <laughs> yeah. We got three of them sticking around all night long. Uh, for, over the next hour, we'll be giving away those three hats. So uh, when I prompt you, give us a call at 432-3893. But not right now. Not giving out a hat just yet. All right. Let's get into our uh, favorite part of the show, reviews. Uh, it's where we get out to the theater, see a couple films, and then uh, pontificate about you know uh, what was good and what wasn't. You know, however we decide. Um, let's start off with Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Now, none of us have seen this yet, uh, and we've been waiting you know for a review. Finally, the Reverend uh, uh, decided to take one for the team. Yeah, and check this out: the a reimagining. It's not necessarily a remake; it's a yeah. reimagining. That's yeah. the it's the 21st century term for a remake. That's the, that's the new hot word. I think they're using that for the Dawn of the Dead uh, reimagining also. It's, a re- it's not a remake, man. Yeah. It's a reimagining. Right. It's, it's like a, a cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. I checked this out. Um, my girlfriend took the bullet last week and warned me, but uh, I, w- I went to it anyway. You didn't and care. You wouldn't yeah, listen to her. I-, I was interested because I'm much more likely to like a cheesy, you know, kind of girl movie than she is. Than your girlfriend. Enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, the full title is Dirty Dancing Havana Nights Based on True Events, which is interesting because I don't really know how true this really is. Apparently, the plot is very similar to the original Dirty Dancing. I don't know if that was based on true events. <laughs> I mean, is it the same way that Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake was based on a true story? I don't know. But... Um, 
yeah, it's it's pr- it's pretty bad. Yeah, I w- I was definitely not a fan. It's not even like cheesy fun. Um, Diego Luna, you know, I'm 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 a heterosexual man, but from what I can tell, not sexy. You know, he's not. No, you're right. He's, he's not. He's not Swayze. No, he's know? no. How are his dancing abilities in the film? Uh you know, the pretty weak. Pretty yeah. bad. It, which because let's face it, Patrick Swayze in the original has the goods. Yeah, he knew how to dance. Yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Him, Diego Luna, and the girl, like they're they're adequate. I mean, they're like you know, if you spent a couple weeks learning to dance, but they have scenes in like dance competitions where people who can actually dance are competing against them and it's just ridiculous like it, you can you're like no no it's not even close and um the uh another uh, something that really threw me off was the authentic i mean it's set it's set in 1950s uh havana and, and they have authentic period r&b and and hip-hop music it's not even like Cuban, authentic Cuban music from the time period. It's modern music, which is terrible. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, just. Pop. I mean, cause, is, what Cuban music not good enough for this movie? Yeah, I mean, you'd think that would be the whole point, you know, to some degree. If it's, gonna, it's it's got a Latin flavor. Yeah, why not just set it now? Yeah. You know, if you, if you want modern music, that's so it's it's not too dissimilar from the Zion Party and Matrix Reloaded. It starts <laughs> out as tribal music and then it becomes a rave. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's uh yeah, I would I would say this this movie is a disaster. It's trying to get by in its name alone. Um How's the uh, Patrick Swayze cameo? Patrick Swayze cameo is kind of creepy. He's he's old and uh, fifty one years old. Old man, young girl. You do the math. <laughs> it's like a Luc Besson movie. It's just kind of creeps you out. So uh, yeah, right. but I mean that's uh, by far the best part of the movie for for people in the audience who you know who are obviously Dirty Dancing fans. We're like, hey, Patrick Swayze. Yeah, there's and no then, one going to this movie that didn't like the first one. Right. Yeah. But the same those same people um, were talking about how stupid patrick swayze was in this so <laughs> so that's not even satisfying so i i would say this was a, a, a disaster all right so a, a thumbs down from the reverend yeah. for uh dirty dancing havana nights all the guys were able to check out uh the latest johnny depp vehicle secret window uh over the last week uh start with alex tell us a little bit about this film and how you felt okay. about it um I kind of saw this on a whim actually i wasn't i saw the previews and it did not grab me at all really it looked Kind of bad, to be honest. Um, but I saw it on a whim, and um, I found out in the opening credits that it's actually based on a Stephen King story. And I like Stephen King, so that kind of actually got me prepared to like it a little bit more, maybe. Um, and uh, it's it's silly, it's kind of preposterous, but uh, I kind of had fun. Um, Johnny Depp's good, and... Uh, one thing I guess that I liked about it quite a bit was that... This is a movie where things don't add up. Where you're watching it and you're going, why is this happening? Why is this character doing this? You're completely baffled by things. And you think that they're plot holes. And I guess sort of they are, but they're plot holes that add up to something, I guess. And while the ending, without saying anything about it, the ending um, is a surprise. It, It makes sense, sort of. When you add these inconsistencies and these seeming plot holes together, they sort of make sense at the end, I guess. All right. Andy, how did you feel about well, Secret Window? Alex mentioned that there is a surprise ending, or a surprise towards the end, and I, I, would, I wouldn't give it away here on the air at all. But um, I will admit, when I saw it, I figured it out about 20 minutes into the movie. However, that didn't ruin the movie for me. 
Okay. Um, because I think it's, it was written and directed by David Coep, who is hit or miss with me usually, but mo- uh, most of the writing is just distilled. I would I would guess from the original Stephen King story, which is actually called Secret Window, Secret Garden, which I haven't read, but. The thing that I primarily liked about the movie was that it captures the King tone. If you've ever read one of his stories, mm-hmm. he has a certain, I mean, the, di- the the way he writes dialogue and the way his characters behave and interact, it's very, it's recognizable. And it is, and it's the same way in this movie. It's, I think it's one of the better, better King-ish movies or movies based on a King story I've seen in a while. And... Uh, I know people seeing it, they don't really like twists being thrown in at the end, but I actually really liked the ending. Um, there's a, it could have gone wrong in a number of different ways, and it didn't, I think. It's, uh, I actually enjoyed that a lot. And just, um, yeah, I will admit, the movie does have quite a few problems. There's some dream sequences that make absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> um, and, there, I mean, there's odds and ends, and this and that but i think in general just as a throwaway b movie it was uh, it's enjoyable all right for me let's talk to the reverend you've actually read the novella that it's based on yeah with no secret garden how did how did it hold up as an adaptation of that and how did you feel about the film yeah so yeah in a sense i'd, I'd come to it having already read the story so i knew everything that was going to happen so therefore i can't really say whether <laughs> it would have surprised me or not i probably would have figured it out but you know who knows um but that yeah i don't think the like the ending is like the whole is is like the best part of the movie it doesn't really matter i think it was just the story itself is just whatever it's not that interesting but it's just done really well i just think that the um the direction uh david cope like his screenplay is just very you get really involved with the character, and you really like Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp's performance in it—he's—he's he's just very endearing. You know, usually, usually thriller movies—they throw you right into it, and you have to like, you have to catch up and like learn more about this character and start caring about him. But this, you—you you care about him right away. You, you know, you really feel for him. Yeah, I think I think the great thing about Johnny Depp <clears throat> as an actor is that this is a role I think that isn't particularly interesting. His character, I think he's sort of the everyman writer. He shows up in a lot of Stephen King stuff, but Johnny Depp has a way of sort of just gently making his character weird, making him eccentric, making him likable without you know without really changing what what's in the script. Just sort of taking his own little twist on it, and I, I think he makes the character kind of strange when that probably necessarily isn't in the story. I don't know. I was reading one review for the movie, and they said that most of the time when they when they see Depp in any film, they can't tell the difference if it's if it's the character or the actor. <laughs> it's just one and the same. I mean, and again, you know, not to reiterate, but I think Depp is always good, yeah. no matter oh, yeah. what he's in. And, uh, yeah, he's good in this, too. He brings something good to the table, and he can... He can uh, Evolve a, uh, a weak character into something special, something interesting. There's a, a lot of in a lot of reviews of movies they use the phrase Hitchcockian, but I w- would definitely use it for this film. I think it's very it's very Alfred Hitchcock-ish in the direction. I thought Cope d- does a good job of really keeping you on edge in a lot of scenes, and like it kind of it's like, oh, why are you going in there? Why are you doing yeah. that? You know, just yeah. and also um, the score by Philip Glass I liked a lot. Who I don't. He actually annoys me sometimes, but I kind of liked his his score here. is very Bernard Herrmann-ish. Mm-hmm. Again, Hitchcock. 
All so right. yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, so good reviews for uh, from everyone for the Secret Window, the latest film with Johnny Depp that's out right now. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89 FM. The Impact phone lines are open four three two three eighty nine three. Once again. Four three two three eighty nine three. If you've seen any of the films we're talking about, give us a call. Let us know how you felt about them. Uh, if you have any questions or uh, you want to talk about anything in particular, give us a call. We're open to suggestions. Four three two three eighty nine three. Andy, you were able to see the new Val Kilmer film, Spartan. I was. Which is, uh, is uh, directed and written by David Mamet. That's right. Uh, how did you feel about it? Well, how did I, well? I'll just synopsize it for you real oh, fast. Yeah, hit, hit yeah. me with it. It's the the new the new thriller from David Mamet. And explain who David Mamet is. For, not everyone knows who he is. David Mamet is one of the great playwrights working today. In a nutshell, uh, he's a, primarily a play, playwright, but occasionally he comes out comes out of that world and makes a a movie, which is usually and his films are usually centered around con men or businessmen of some kind. And the the dialogue, the writing style is very particular and. He either laces you or, or he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people who absolutely love Mamet. Some people who cannot stand him at all. So, and you all know who you are. Um, yeah, the plot is uh, Val Kilmer is a government agent, and the movie never really makes it clear what what echelon he is, how high ranking he is, or anything. It's but like the rest of the movie, the whole thing is a big secret, and the president's daughter disappears. And it's up to Val Kilmer and who uh, conscripts Derek Luke, who is a uh, Marine, to try and f- try and track her down. And there's there's espionage, there's kidnapping, there's all this you know, there's political intrigue, there's all kinds of stuff. It's uh, and it sounds like to describe the plot, it sounds like a a, cl- a Tom Clancy techno thriller or something. It sounds like a really overcooked. Oh, I love best, those bestseller. I love those overcooked Tom Clancy ones. You know, just <laughs> no. something that's really overwritten or, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. But it's not. Uh, what Mamet does with the movie, I think, is he takes all the all the fake urgency that comes with that genre. He throws that out, and then he starts from scratch. And it's a really solid thriller. Um, the characters are the characters are interesting uh they speak in very interesting ways again some people might be turned off by that and yeah i enjoyed it it's more like it's it's more in the vein of like a john le Carr story wherein the outcome of the story depends on the character's personalities rather than their allegiance national allegiances or patriot their patriotism or you know some cornball thing like that and it's uh yeah I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, this is probably, and again, this is uh, some of the better directing I've seen from David Mamet. Um, he's obviously a, he's he's first and foremost before anything he's a writer, not not necessarily a director. But I think he's uh, he actually has he actually exercises a lot of visual style. Uh, the photography in it is uh, is nice, and there are a lot of surprises. Um, yeah, I mean it creates urgency without seeming to. If that makes any sense. All right. Phil, how did you feel about Spartan? Um, I, I really loved it. Uh, I went into it not knowing anything about it. And, I mean, honestly, I would say go, go if, you, if you see it, don't let anyone talk to you about it. Don't, like, know as little as possible. Like, just the basic setup is fine, right. you know? Because um, there are some twists and turns in it. To me, it, it really felt like a, an old noir movie um just kind of set in the espionage world but it has the kind of uh i don't know that kind of like uh 
the detective who doesn't know he's the, he's the person who knows the least about what's going on through the whole thing and i thought that was kind of cool and val kilmer i i would say was really good in this he does a really good job with the the mammoth dialogue and uh yeah uh, again i would i would say as a director this is one of mammoth's best movies um uh, homicide I, I it's been a while since i've seen homicide but that's another really great movie he's done but this might even be better than that so I thought it was, and it was something that might be overlooked, but I really enjoyed it. This is what I'm looking forward to at the moment. Uh, there are a couple of good things out right now, uh, and this I like spy films, I like thrillers, but it seems like I, I do hate those Tom Clancy techno thrillers where the gadgets and the machinery become more important than, as as Andy said, the personalities, the people in the story. Right. Uh, I kind of like a, a little bit more bare bones, I like a John Lecare. Right, I mean uh, novels I, a lot well, more I'm, than. Well, I guess Tom what Clancy. I'm saying is, I guess what I'm saying is that the genre itself is just by nature really overcooked and overwritten, and this is more, yeah, like you said, it's more bare bones. It's the meat and potatoes of the story, as it were. We don't want to say realistic, but right, right. hopefully, no. because yeah. because there are, I will say <laughs> there are portions of the movie that don't really make any sense logically, but don't let that disappoint you if, right. you if you do decide to go see it this does this kind of movie also is something i really like about movies in that it's not passive it really engages the audience to try to figure out what's going on and they don't just hold your hand and like this is who val kilmer is this is what he does you know they don't tell you they don't hand you everything they're like we want you to think about this. You're we the best you agent to... around, Val Kilmer. Right. Yeah. This is your mission, Val Kilmer. <laughs> There's not a bunch of exposition yeah, yeah. that right. tells yeah. the story. Yeah. Mammoth, the story doesn't, itself. Mammoth doesn't write like that. And I, really, I really, It involves the audience more, and I think it's more enjoyable in that way. Oh, I'm, I'm very interested in this one. And also, as a, uh, as a Michigan State student, I always uh, support the Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. That was bad joke. <laughs> All right. Listen to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, The Impact. East Lansing's only alternative. Phone lines are open, 432-3893. Hey, give us a call right now. You're going to pick yourself up. A Dawn of the Dead hat. Yes, a Dawn of the Dead baseball cap. We got a couple of them. We're giving them away. We're going to give one away right now. Then we're going to take a break. But give us a call at 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Give us a call. That Dawn of the Dead hat is yours. Phil, you have one. Yes. Treating you good, right? Excellent. He loves it. (laughs) It's the best hat you've ever had. Yeah. And it's Dawn of the Dead. Give us a call, 432-3893. That'll get you a Dawn of the Dead hat. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back from break, we're going to uh, preview what's in the theaters, a couple of great movies, including Dawn of the Dead and a few other things. Uh, and also, remember, more Dawn of the Dead hats to come if you miss out on this one. And you're going to stick around. We're doing that raffle for that East Lansing Film Festival pass later on. You'll listen to the Impact Movie Chat. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever felt that your friends don't understand your love for the retro? Dude, we need some tunes for a road trip. Oh yeah, check it out. I've got the best joint here. You are the dancing queen! Dude, we're strapping you to the roof. Listen to The Impact Flashback, the only show in town that gets you and your retro music jones. Each and every Friday night from 8 until 10, join me, Betsy, your retro queen, as I take you through the 70s, 80s, and early 90s with music from the veterans, as well as the one-hit wonders. You'll also hear the best mix of retro music anywhere on the dial, from hair metal to new wave, synth-pop, hip-hop, and of course, disco. So 
check out the Impact Flashback every Friday night from 8 until 10, and you'll find a group of friends who don't think you're off your rocker just because you love a certain band that's mostly known for their hairstyles. Impact Flashback, only on 88.9. Hey, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. That's because I don't want my child hit by one of you stupid drunks out there driving your car. I'm here to remind you that drunk drivers are still a major killer of young adults in this country. So always choose a designated driver, and remember, music lives, you should too. Public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, the Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. And we're back to the Impact movie chat here on the Exposure uh, on 89 FM, The Impact. East Lansing's only alternative, as the man said. Phone lines are always open at 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Give us a call. We're talking about movies. It's a good time. People love movies. Give us a call. I want to remind you that the East Lansing Film Festival is going on. Uh started yesterday, so uh, if you have any inf- questions about that, uh, go to their website, ELFF.com. One last film to review. And sadly, this film's leaving the area. There's a few more shows tonight. Uh, it's The Dreamers from uh, director Bernardo Bertolucci. Uh, and uh, everyone, check this one out. So I'm going to let Phil tell me what this movie's about. Tell me what, for people who don't know, haven't heard of this, uh, beyond the fact that it is NC-17. Okay. Well, um, it's set in the 60s in, uh, in France. And um, it's, it's about this, this American who's over there and he... Uh, he uh, runs into a couple of crazy kids, basically, falls in with them. It's kind of a weird family, and, um, and they're all in love with movies. That's their connection. And, um, Just like us. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely, it's definitely a movie fan's kind of film, or at least, you know, it's like you'll get more enjoyment out of it being a movie fan. Um, it's very... It's very like sexually explicit, which is the reason for the the NC seventeen, not for graphic violence, unfortunately, or anything like that. Um, I I, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. Surprisingly, um, I wasn't necessarily expecting to. Uh, the direction style, I would say, is kind of Scorsese ish. It's a lot of a lot of like long tracking shots and just very beautiful. I mean, the photography in it is just really pretty, and and a lot of the shots are just well, you know, thought out. And and every he, he Bertolucci makes sure that everything just looks interesting, even though the story itself is very simple you know, to some degree. Um, but there's a lot of uh, interesting like symbolism and and use of mirrors and all sorts of stuff like that. And so, I, just as as a as a film experience beyond the story itself, I just thought it was a good time to just kick back and, you know, drink it all in, basically. And uh, and the story itself I also found interesting. Nice look. So, Alex, how did you feel about The Dreamers? I didn't really care for it too much. Um, I will agree with Phil that it's a very nice-looking film. Very, very well shot. Um, pretty to look at, basically. And I like the kind of atmosphere of the film, this sort of 60s... Uh, basically 60s Paris atmosphere. Um, I, I kind of felt a little bit like I was there, you know. Um, but, I don't know. Um, 
I thought large portions of it were kind of boring, um, and I thought it was a little pretentious. I thought the movie does something. Um, it there are a lot of clips of other movies spliced in there. Um, I mean, everything from Breathless to Freaks. Um, I didn't recognize everything. I, re- I recognized some of them, and I thought this was kind of just sort of a, a showy pat on the back to movie fans. I, I realize the characters are are the tor- type of people who, I mean, they have long conversations about movies. Long, There are long scenes in the film where they're just talking back and forth about movies. Um, so I guess it's appropriate in that sense. But I mainly felt like these clips were just in there to sort of please movie snobs more or less and i don't know if i endorse that you know um and the second half for me is just long portions of them sitting around a house talking about movies talking about rock music having sex um and it gets kind of old for me and there's some interesting movie there's rather there's some interesting um ideas floating around in the movie but i don't feel like they're tied together very well and there are just long static portions of the movie so all right, I don't know. All right, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> Andy, how did you feel about the Dreamers? Well, I I do agree with Alex in that I I still think it's been a week since it's been a while since I've seen it. I saw it a few weeks ago, and in this, on an escape from EL. and I, I will agree with Alex. The first half of the movie is better than the second half, I think. Yeah, but the first half is, half is is the one that's comprised of the intercutting the 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 three friends imitating scenes from movies and cutting between that and, and the original those original films. I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, it might be snobby, but hey, <laughs> the snob in me enjoyed it. I Embrace suppose. your inner yeah. snob. We yeah. we proclaim this on the show. <laughs> if you're a snob about something, don't fight it. Embrace it. Right. If you if you are a snob, don't say, oh no, I'm not a snob. Embrace it. You are. Go ahead. But I will say, um, the movie is very much a nostalgic story, set in late '60s um, in another part of the world, and before I was born. And it's a world that I really am not that familiar with, aside from movies of the French New Wave that I've seen that are reflective of that period. And again, I'll say, I've said this before on the show. If you're if you're familiar with the movies of Nicholas Ray or Francois Truffaut or just the the French directors that were working in that time, you'd probably get a kick out of it. But I, I have, to, I still, I still think that I'm just not the target audience for the movie. I think it would just be better suited to someone who actually lived through that time period. Not that, not that anyone my age wouldn't enjoy it, I suppose, because I enjoyed it to a degree, but it's like the Forrest Gump for new wave fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. I've been well, I've been calling I've been calling the movie high fidelity for people for movie people. All right. For people who are fans of foreign films. And for the record, I wasn't really that big on high fidelity. As all well. right. Well, we'll just turn end, to Andy's end of, mic end off. End of conversation. That's, that's right. That's all right that you don't like high fidelity. That, that's a great movie, but it's okay. Yeah. Did you what did you think cuz I really liked high fidelity, so that might be part of it. I kind of like High Fidelity. Okay, then it's, then it's you know? that's, that's you not like, a deciding factor. If, if you love High no. Fidelity, you'll love The Dreamers. So if, if A plus B equals C, okay. I mean, I consider myself a movie fan. I do, but I just, I just found this sort of like, I don't know, obnoxious. I, I got a, I got a question though. Okay. Did am I crazy or did you guys see like a Scorsese kind of style to it? Well, uh-huh. I've been watching Bertolucci's movies for years, and I just I don't know. In recent, like the last three or four movies I've seen of his that he's made that 
his style isn't that different from Martin Scorsese. I get the little long takes extended and they're, they sweep in and around things and follow people around. And yeah, I don't know. They were both, they're both of the same ilk. They both, both love the same movies. They're, probably. Yeah, they're, yeah. Both, they're both about the same age and they come from the, coming from the same place essentially. So it's, I don't know. I don't know if I noticed that in particular, but I will say that Scorsese is a filmmaker. Watching his movies, you can obviously tell that he loves movies, mm-hmm. and you can tell that from watching this too. Yeah, which I guess that was one of the connections okay. I was thinking because it's very, it's very much about movies. There's yeah, scenes recreated from yeah. movies and that kind of kind of thing. All right, that is the Dreamers, lays from Bernardo Bertolucci, as we were talking about. Uh, if you're, if we've intrigued you by this film. You may want to uh, grab your paper right away. Uh, we, we all believe it leaves town tonight. So uh, there may still be shows available, uh, but you may want to wait till after 8 when uh, the Impact Movie Chat goes off the air. All right. Once again, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, the Impact East Lansing's only alternative. Phone lines are open 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. If you uh, saw any of the movies we were just talking about, give us a call. If you have any... Uh, Anything you want to talk about, give us a call, 432-3893. We want to remind you that the East Lansing Film Festival is upon us. It started yesterday. It's going through Sunday. If any more information on that, it's ELFF.com. All right. Time for previews. Three good movies, or, well, two maybe good movies. Yeah, thanks for the excitement. Yeah, new movies. I don't care. Whatever. Well, it depends on if you're into what's coming out this week. Uh, three movies. I'm um, excited about all three. I'm excited about uh, two. <laughs> Might be able to be dragged to the, the third. But let's let's start it off. We're gonna start off um, in reverse alphabetical order tonight. Um, <laughs> worst, left. worst to best. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. First up, Taking Lives, rated R. Um, uh, you've seen the trailers. It's the delicious, uh, the uh, wonderful Angelina Jolie. Uh, I don't think so, but, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan either, but Angelina Jolie plays an FBI agent, uh, inspe- inspector, who helps out the French-Canadian police, uh, who are played by Chucky Cario and Olivier Martinez, uh, to find a killer that Ethan Hawke has seen, and who may be Keith or Sutherland. Didn't this movie come out two weeks ago? Twisted or something? No, 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 no. That, it, it just seems like this. it. Just seems like this. <laughs> is this See, a remake of that? No, no, they, okay. it's, no. It's a reimagining. Okay. No, yeah. um, <laughs> no dude, speaking of the of the, I'm gonna say it bad. I haven't seen this movie, but I'm gonna proclaim it bad. Bad. <laughs> Twisted. Another, you know, thriller by uh, with Ashley Judd, where she plays, you know, a spunky woman who gets help from a craggly older man, uh, that time Samuel L. Jackson, to find a killer who may be her. I don't know. It's Whatever. More more action <laughs> yeah. movies, but no, this one uh, maybe a little more interesting. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I will admit it's the only film I've actually ever seen Angelina Jolie in it, and thought she actually looked attractive. Wow! So interesting. And that's me. I, I'm just saying. But that's not the reason you go see movies. You go see movies for story, for for direction, for entertainment. Yeah. And maybe looking at Angelina Jolie is entertainment. So there you go. <laughs> uh, but she plays an FBI inspector who's helping out the French police to find a uh, a serial killer. Who kills his victims to assume their identities? Uh, he to he kills them, takes over their identities, and keeps going on. He's a hermit crab, uh, and uh, we've all I've seen this. I've seen Is the that trailer. Yes, yeah, that's from the trailer. I've seen this like thirty times. <laughs> seen Not the commercial is. was <laughs> yes. Not uh, was is yes. Uh, does anybody have any interest in seeing this? Does anybody want to fill any information? Phil, yeah. Phil's down. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Prepaid for your ticket already? Uh, well, I think it looks... I think the visuals look cool. I'm, 
I mean, it doesn't I, look like, I, yeah. I am kind of shallow. I think it look like the photography looks tight. Um, from the from the snippets of the trailer, it does look like it might be a, a well made film. Yeah, visually. The, D, uh, DJ Caruso, his <laughs> le- his first, I believe it was his first movie, was The Salton Sea, which. Um, Threatened to be the next Boondock Saints when it first came out. There was a lot of there was a lot of hype about that one. That movie is just ridiculous. I mean, for the, for the, I, I thought so. For those of you wondering, we hate Boondock Saints. Yeah, okay, we, we don't, Boondock Saints. and do not call about your love of Boondock Saints. Call us about anything else, but we hate Boondock Saints. Do not change our mind. But you if continue. you but if you like Boondock, Boondock Saints, Saints, you might like Salt and Sea. Salt Sea's right your alley. And Suicide Kings. Suicide Kings, yeah. <laughs> do, do a triple feature. <laughs> yeah, it's a trilogy. Um, the trifecta. Yeah. Okay. But he did not... He wrote and directed that one. He did not write this. He just directed it. So, eh, maybe. Okay. You know, Salt and Sea didn't have a bad visual style. I just hated the story. So, so maybe with, if it was someone else's work, it yeah. might be able to work. Okay. You'll have to let us know how it is, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not in, for Alex? Uh, Taking lives, gonna... Is it free? No, you'll have to pay. Are they paying me to go see it? No, they, they, we don't get paid. <laughs> Yeah, probably a pass. Yeah. Okay, just <laughs> one, any keister. Not at all. Well, I mean, <laughs> we we all know what's come to be known as an Ashley Judd movie. I mean, you say the words an Ashley Judd movie, you know exactly what you're in for. Yeah, right. And an Angelina Jolie movie is the same thing, except with more sex, I guess, more skin, mm, which is delicious. <laughs> which is a plus. which which for her, a lot of people is a is a seller. That's mm. what gets you to the theater. Or just make it even more boring. One way or the other, I don't know. You know, if they if they haven't burned the print by next week, I might have seen Twisted and Taking Lives. By oh, then. So a double we'll feature. See. Yeah, we'll a special see. a special Sunday night double feature for the for the Dean Machine. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's it. it, it Taking Lives out right now. Um, tomorrow. Yeah, another. It's out tomorrow. I'm sorry. Rated R. Um, the big movie I'm looking forward to this week of of all the films, all other films in the land can sit down. My money is going towards. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, rated R, starts tomorrow, uh, from the warped minds of uh, Michel Gondry and Charlie Kaufman, uh, comes another warped tale uh, <laughs> of romance, of comedy, starring Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, uh, supporting cast, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Mark Ruffalo, Elijah Wood, and Tom Wilkinson, excellent cast all around, uh, Charlie Kaufman, the maybe may be filming earlier, uh, he wrote Being John Malkovich, uh, Human Nature, which he worked with Gondry before, uh, he adapted the screenplay for um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind and wrote Adaptation, which he wrote himself into, which is beautiful. Uh, I think he's probably the best uh, uh, writer in Hollywood right now. He's the best. I think he's making the most inventive and interesting films. And there's another one out. And guess what? Prepaid ticket. I'm already there. <laughs> Cash me in. Um, interesting story. Does anyone want to try to snap as the uh, the plot here? Or does anyone uh, want to take that chance of trying to figure out what this movie's about? I'll, I'll take it. I guess. Alex, oh, oh, Alex, um, Alex is taking on the challenge. I'm sure I'll be completely wrong. It's, it's, it's all right. Take well, it, that... well, you know, it is a Charlie Kaufman movie, yeah. so there's no way you can get it right. <laughs> True. So, um, feel good about that. Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet are a couple. They're kind of together. Um, it goes south, I guess, the relationship. Those things happen. Yeah, it happens, you know. It's sad, but... <laughs> um, both of them basically decide that they would rather not even remember it at all. They just want to wipe it clean. So they go to a new, um, basically a new agency that's offering this revolutionary uh, scientific... Lacuna Inc. Yeah, and basically they can erase your memory and uh, of certain events, of certain uh, periods in your life. And they both get the operation, I guess, and it goes from there. And I, based on the preview, 
I have no idea what's in store for us. It quickly falls into you know dream sequences and mm-hmm. uh, different illusions. And uh, I have to say, Brad, I, I'm not sure there's a movie this year I want to see more than this movie. Oh, like, I, I, I you know what? I, I I say ooh. That's a, that's a, that's <laughs> wow. a bold statement. But yeah. you know what? At the moment. Maybe if I forget the Hellboys coming out in a month. I this is the biggest movie. <laughs> it's, for me. it's early. I've, I've been waiting for this one for a few months. Yeah. I saw the trailer, which um, I don't know if you've seen the trailer. I said to the audience. Uh, I know we all have. Yeah. One of the best trailers mm-hmm. previews that mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time. Sets it up like a commercial for Lacuna Inc. and then goes into what the movie's about. Yeah. Uh, or what you can try to glean from what this movie might be about. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Mm-hmm. I was hoping it would come out uh, a few months ago. Didn't uh, they held off on it? And I've been waiting for it for six months. So yeah, I, I agree mean, with you. This is probably the most anticipated film of the year for me. Yeah, I, I love Charlie Kaufman too, like his stuff. But oh yeah, and if and if you loved, I mean, you know what you're what you're getting from his work with Spike Jones uh, in Being John Malkovich and an adaptation. Uh, if you enjoyed those films, and you enjoyed the the humor and the complexity and just uh, at times zaniness of the films. This seems right up the alley. Yeah. Now I can't wait till we can talk about it next week when we've all checked it out and it's. Hopefully it rocked our socks off. Yeah. Uh, but does anyone have any doubts on this one? Uh, I don't know if I have doubts. Like, I'm definitely looking forward to this, but it's kind of interesting everyone's saying Charlie Kaufman and no one's saying Michael Gondry. Because <laughs> nobody saw Human Nature. Human Nature. I, I saw Human I Nature. Oh, you did? Okay. Did, did you? We both did. Uh, yes, we both did. All we'll right. take that one, Phil. We well, saw, well, well, what's your... Because what's, well, I never really heard about it. <laughs> well, like oh, like, Human Nature. Michel, Michel Gondry is a French director. Michael Michel, whatever you want to say. He's, <laughs> he's a frunk. Mike. Uh, Mike. Uh, does a lot of great videos. He uh, The uh, Fell in Love with a Girl, White Stripes video uh, with Legos. Excellent stuff. He... Uh, he just does some amazing work, uh, Daft Punk, uh, all over the place. Great stuff with Bjork. Um, great video director. Innovative, excellent stuff. I recommend his uh, video collection that just came out. Other than that... I've seen the video collection. Yes, amazing, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he worked first, his first feature film was uh, Human Nature, which came out two years ago. <laughs> uh, was worked with Charlie Kaufman, an original script. Uh, I will admit, the script itself, a little too weird. And a little too off the wall to be reined in by any director, even Spike Jones. This it, it's probably my I would say of the scripts, and this is you know including being John Malkovich and, and the adaptation, the weirdest script that he mm-hmm. that he has ever written, that has been made. And I don't think Gondry may have been ready for it, but it's still an enjoyable, fun flick. Well, I will say this: uh, Michelle Gondry's directing style is very inventive, I'll admit, although it doesn't draw attention to itself as much as Spike Jones does. Because I know people who really like uh, Kaufman's scripts, but may have a few problems with Jones's direction. Michelle Gondry might be their guy. Hmm. Because, I don't know, I really liked Human Nature a lot. It's um, cheerfully strange. Yes. Um, makes no, it makes no sense on purpose, and doesn't explain anything away at all. And it's just... Uh, yeah, it's uh, again. I mean, you use that word to describe all of Kaufman's movies, but it's one of a kind. And I think, well, I like it primarily for Charlie Kaufman's script. Mm-hmm. The direction but, um, isn't brilliant, but it's it's a little more subdued. And it works. It works for the script because there's no way you're gonna this, this human nature script. We can admit it's so weird. Right. It's so out there <laughs> that to really do it justice to try to like you know bring it to the mainstream, you would need. Someone who is so over the top. You would need a Michael Bay with all the explosions <laughs> to like rein it in for everyone. And then it would just become preposterous. So at least Gondry's direction is a little more laid back. Just takes yeah. the story and gives it to you as is. And lets you deal with the weirdness of it. 
Mm-hmm. And hopefully he'll do the same with Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. And of those, I mean, between uh, Gondry's, Gondry's uh, repertoire and Jones's repertoire, I like Gondry's better, actually. Of the myself. video collection? Of the video collection. Of the videos, yes, I yeah. agree with you. Jones, uh, so. Spike Jones, an excellent video director, but I, I tip my hat to Gondry. He does great yeah. work. And uh, I'm, I'm very much interested in this. Uh, the commercials, the previews, I mean, I, they're, they're made to sell the movie to me and to you. Uh, and they sold me. They, from the first time I saw it, blown away. Yeah. I was there. Everything I read about this, the reviews, everything I've picked up, great stuff about this movie. Did, uh, to, you said you saw Human Nature too, yeah. right? Did you like it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. good stuff so, all around. So it's good stuff all around. <laughs> okay. Nature. But it's it's so... I don't. It didn't come out around here in the theater. Right. No. I stumbled upon it at the video store. Yeah. You know, said, oh, from the new script from Charlie Kaufman. I'm like, whoa, Charlie Kaufman's got another movie out. I didn't know, so I picked yeah. it up. Yeah, the people I talked to had, like, real mixed reactions. So I was just kind of like, eh, I'll get around to it. it, it I will say, the, the script is so strange. The story is so weird. I, I guess it would turn off, it could turn off a lot of people. So Well, this definitely looks a lot more interesting, you know, like, off the bat, you know, like Eternal Sunshine. The, the, the plot synopsis of Eternal Sunshine doesn't sound that different from a Philip K. Dick story. Yeah. No, whose whose stories deal? Whose a lot of a lot of his stories deal with memory loss? People slowly going crazy from false memories or no memory. I like that, that you kind of bring that up. I was reading an excellent article, uh, the review in Premier Magazine, which is one of my favorite magazines about movies, uh, was talking about its uh, similarity to a, uh, to the Philip K. Dick story. We'll remember it for you wholesale, right. which was turned into a recall, <laughs> which led to a discussion. Which in the Premier article. Uh, they raved about the film. We gave it four out of four stars. Loved Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But they talked about how uh, Cronenberg, David Cronenberg, uh, and a crazy Canadian director, right. had originally wanted to do uh, a, a very low tech version of total, of you know we'll remember for your wholesale you know cut out a lot of the science fiction, just make it a bare bones, a look at the human mind, the complexity of it uh, as it folds up uh, on itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, which later on was turned into Total Recall, given into the hands of Paul Verhoeven, and <laughs> turned into a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Uh, action and babes uh, galore, which is um, still a really good movie. Yeah. Still a fun time. <laughs> yeah. um, but this one's a little more towards the, the the basic heart and the soul of a lot of Philip K. Dick ideas. And mm-hmm. uh, in the article, they they made an homage to us. I think you're I think you're right on with that. Oh, thank you. Excellent job, man. <laughs> I came up with that by myself. I wasn't yeah. reading anything. But yeah, a lot of the re- critical reviews for this film, one of the best movies of the year. Way to start a great year off. And I'm looking forward to it. So it's Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. It's rated R. Excellent cast. Uh, it's probably, you know, it'd probably be a good thing. So stick around next week uh, for our reviews of that. We're all eagerly anticipating it. It's the biggest movie for us this year, right, oh, yeah. Alex? Yeah, definitely. Done. We can. We don't have to see anything yeah. else after, after this. After this, I'm just calling it We're just going to sit on the couch and hang out. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. You listen to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, the Impact. I mentioned earlier, we got some Dawn of the Dead baseball caps. You want one? Give us a call. Right now, call number one. 432-3893, 432-3893. You pick up your official Dawn of the Dead baseball cap. The Reverend loves his. You can wear it around town looking like the Reverend. Absolutely. Absolutely. 432-3893. And that brings us to the last movie coming out in the theaters. Dawn of the Dead, rated R. Uh, Ving Rhames, Sarah Pauly, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer. Reimagining of the George Romero classic Dawn of the Dead film from the 70s. Uh, eagerly anticipated in the fact that I'm now I'm completely scared I can't watch any of the trailers <laughs> and uh, previews I'm a, I'm a scaredy cat but I'm looking forward to this one Reverend you're our uh, in-house zombie specialist <laughs> how do you feel about this this reimagining 
you know, how do you feel about them remaking Dawn of the Dead? A classic. Um, well, yeah. I mean, initially when I heard about it, I was like, oh, God, why? You know, <laughs> like, because I love Dawn of the Dead. That's honestly one of my favorite movies. Um, and, and I was like, they're, they're just gonna, it's just going to be stupid. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm willing to give it a chance. Uh, the stuff I've seen from it looks good. I saw there was uh, earlier in the week there was a 10-minute uh, the first 10 minutes of the movie were shown on TV. It was like a spe- yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I can say what network it was on, but it was on Sure, I guess that is okay. yeah. It was on USA. Okay. And they said between 10 and 10 o'clock and 10:30 on Monday night they 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 showed 10 minutes of the film. The, a continuous 10 minutes. Uncut. Wow. First, first 10 minutes of the movie. Interesting. With some gore. And it looked it was kind of cool. It was very it was very powerful like grabbing first 10 minutes. And uh, it gets, you know, jumps right into it, obviously, as you can tell. Um, yeah, so I, I, I dug it. Um, it's more, uh, I think it's it's kind of like zombies. <laughs> the concept of zombie movies keep keep eating each other. You know, it's like the 28 Days Later was influenced by the dead movies. And I think this was influenced by 28 days later, maybe, <laughs> you know, it's like, it just keeps going around. These, this has the running zombies. Running zombies. The, this is, this is my thing. I'm, I'm not sure about the running zombies. I know. I'm a purist. I know. I like my, my zombies slow. <laughs> that, I, I, they, I they, their brains don't work. Their, their, <laughs> their locomotive skills aren't up to par. They're not sprinters. No, no. The question is, and I don't, from the, the 10 minutes, I couldn't really tell is are they really zombies, or are they, or is it like this virus that spread? You know, is it like the twenty eight days later? Because they, they the infection spreads quickly in this too. So, oh, so like as soon as you get bit, so, yeah. If you get bit two seconds later, you're a zombie. Okay, because in the old in the old school, yeah, zombies, you had to like die. A, it was like it, well, it was like yeah, yeah, you died, or like an hour later, you became so infected. Yeah, or days up to it. The original the original Dawn of the Dead play, takes place in the shopping mall. Excellent film. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one, Case. How do you, how do you feel about running zombies? Running zombies. Running zombies. <laughs> I have no problem with running zombies. So you, you're, um, you're, I've never encountered any myself. <laughs> well, I mean, do you prefer running or, or walking zombies? Uh, you know, whatever. A I mean, literally, a zombie. I tell you, the old zombie. I don't it, like they, to discriminate any certain against any certain kind of zombie. Because it just it was like they, they like they were ghosts and they were dead, but they would eat you if they got you, and and they overwhelmed you with their the the hordish numbers. Mm-hmm. Now it's they're just they're chasing you, and unless you, if you you know pull a hammy, you're gonna get killed. Yeah. Alex, how do you feel about it? Uh, well, the, the running zombies, the running or, zombies, or the movie. Oh, um, well, well, give us give me running zombies. Well, running zombies. Um, yeah, I'll admit I like slower ones better. There's a sense of 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 dread about something just walking slowly after you. You know you're gonna get it. It's gonna get you slowly though. Yeah. You know they're not gonna rip you apart when it, they catch it, you either. They're gonna eat you slow. It, it, it but, draws it out. Yeah, exactly. The tension you is know? there. It's palpable. Yeah, I mean if they're jumping at you, you know they're like velociraptors. You know, you're done quick. You yeah. know. So um, I guess I would prefer the walking ones, but okay. it's not that big of a deal. It's the 21st century. We gotta move on. Yeah. No, the kids nowadays they don't want to see slow moving <laughs> no, zombies. That's how no. do you think about how do you think this film is gonna be? Well, um, like Phil, when I first heard about this, I thought it was the worst idea in the history of mankind. But because uh, <laughs> wow. uh, I love bold statement yeah I'm, I'm into the bold statements tonight. <laughs> no, um, I'm inventing the, t- the atomic bomb or anything. No, that. nothing no, like that. Really. That's Dawn it's the running zombies. <laughs> um, but because I, I, I really like Ramiro's Dawn of the Dead, it is an excellent film. Um, and I don't, I, I was thinking, you know, how they can't top this. And with that in mind, you know, 
it, they don't necessarily have to top it, you know. If if it's a good time in of itself, that's fine. And I think the previews actually make it look really cool, and yeah. it's getting good reviews too. I'm actually from the ten minutes I saw. I'm gonna uh, say that it's not gonna be as good as the original Dawn of the Dead, but it looks like it's fun though. Okay. You know, I probably probably won't have as much of like the social satire Commentary and, and stuff yes. like that in it. It's more just gonna be more of like a fun. Yeah, action horror movie. Yeah, the original ones is a critique on just mindless consumer society. Yeah. And, yeah, and this one is just they they need to run to the mall because they can hide. <laughs> the in director the mall. has claimed that he's going to try to incorporate that, but I get a feeling the action's going to win it over. Yeah. yeah, that's what this film is about. I will admit, as I've as I've stated many times before, I'm a scaredy cat. I was not raised on these movies. I'm freaked out by you know, even sus- just normal suspenseful films. I'm I'm a freaked out by them. But the first teaser trailer the first trailer i saw wasn't really down with it thought this would be a dumb idea i'm like i don't know why they have to remake it the original is so great um why could they just make a zombie movie you yeah. know and not call it Dawn of the dead yeah but i've seen the the extended uh the new trailer which kind of is a you know kind of into the the first 10 minutes of the film kind of starts it off that looks cool yeah it looks interesting how the story begins i'll give it a chance pretty I good think, cast too actually you know yeah. Graham, Sarah Polly. Guy Pfeiffer looks very interesting. the The second trailer, if you've seen it, is is pretty tight. So yeah, you know, it's it's just. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, look at I'm looking at it as a zombie movie, like Alex was saying, not like a remake of Dawn of the Dead. Right. You know, if it if it keeps comparing itself to the original, then I'm going to make yeah. the comparisons. You know, if it tries to be its own thing, then. That I think that would be probably be better. Phil, let, let me ask you this: okay. Are the first ten minutes you've seen uh-huh. just that little segment? Is it better than the entire remake of Night of the Living Dead? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> was, there, was that even in question? I mean, yeah. 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 No, we got Mark on the line. Mark, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hey, uh, I was actually curious if the Reverend could break this down for me. I don't remember exactly like the order. I know there's. How many Romero movies are there? The yeah, it, it does get confusing. There technically are only three um, in the Dead in the official Romero Dead series. There's Night of the Living Dead is the first one, and then Dawn of the Dead, and then Day of the Dead. Okay. Does um, it, like, does it really end in Day of the Dead? Uh. Like, it, like, there's no chance for a sequel, you mean? or? Yeah, yeah. No, actually, um, Romero is uh, working on another movie, and he's hoping that if this remake is successful, that studios will will finance it. So, so is, he, is he at all involved in this uh, remake of the second movie? No, not, not in any way, really. I mean, other uh, than just like, yeah, good luck to you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's getting some money from it, but... Sure, sure, yeah, right. Royalties and rights and whatnot. Right. The other thing, I was just going to comment on the slow-moving zombies. <laughs> Has anybody read "I Am Legend" by Richard Matheson? Yes, I yes. have. I it's... believe that all zombie and most vampire movies owe a whole lot to "I Am Legend." Yeah. Uh, and uh, those vampire zombie things—they move pretty fast. Yes. The um. Uh, Ramiro's, uh, I don't know if he ever said this, but it's, it's pretty apparent that the original Night of the Living Dead was somewhat influenced by I Am Legend, which is also, which I just heard is also being turned into a movie, um, directed by, uh, Matthew Kasovitz, uh, who did Gothica and some other French stuff, so. Huh. That could be 
could be good. It could be tight. Right. Mark, would you like a uh, Dawn of the Dead official baseball cap? Sure, why not? No, all right, I'm going to put you back on hold. All right. You're going to talk to our engineer. You're getting yourself a baseball cap. Good job, Mark. All right, thanks. All right. All right. And that's it. No more baseball caps. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Um, I guess I'll let it go. Fast moving zombies, slow moving zombies. It's it's like a new trend. Yeah. Like it'll go out of style. They'll go back. <laughs> They'll to, go back to being slow. Well, it'll be just swimming zombies. Just swimming. <laughs> in a, in a like people, when they're out of dry land, they're like, "Oh, I'm fine," and they'll, they'll go for a swim and right. zombies. Okay. Well, it does, well, it, it, I mean, it does just real fast. It does kind of come back to what Hitchcock said that suspense is. It's in the anticipation, not the actual action. Right. And that the horror isn't in watching someone be killed, but in anticipating the killing. Yeah. Right. So the, a slow zombie would play into that a little bit better than a fast one, I suppose. That's why I like them, because yeah. of Hitchcock. Yeah. They're, un, they're unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. You understand me perfectly. Perfectly. Right? You and I are soulmates, Andy. <laughs> you say things that I think. Okay. Uh, that's Dawn of the Dead. It's out tomorrow. It's rated R. Um, quite violent from what I hear. Which is great, and I've seen a lot of the makeup effects. That's good. They look great. Uh, right now, you're listening to the Impact Movie Chat. Phone lines are open, 432-3893. If you want to talk about anything we've been talking about, show's winding down. The basement is up next. If you love local music, you'll want to hang around for the basement. But over the last month, we've been signing people up, to give it, uh, giving away tickets to the East Lansing Film Festival, which is going on now. And for everyone who, who won a ticket, and we had people sign up for it, we're doing a big raffle for a complimentary student pass brought to you by the East Lansing Film Festival. And uh, I don't know if you can hear that. That's all the names <laughs> in a hat. Right now, Andy, because he's sitting closest to me and he can actually reach that, he's going to pull a name out of the hat. This person will win that student pass to the East Lansing Film Festival, which entitles them to see all the films, films at the East Lansing Film Festival at Wells Hall. Andy, do I read the name? Read, read, read the name, not the phone number on it, but just All the right. name. <laughs> okay, the winner is Mr. Brian Town. Brian, Brian Town. Town. Congratulations, Brian Town. You have just picked up that student pass at East Lansing Film Festival. I hope I got your name right. Brian Town. Oh, that's what I wrote down. All right. <laughs> Brian Town. Okay. All right, congratulations, Brian. Excellent. So, hey, East Lansing Film Festival out right now. Um, zombie movies. Anything else you guys want to talk about? They, um, there's a couple. The reason why it's confusing how many Romero movies there are is because there's a bunch of unofficial sequels. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, Return of the Living Dead. Or Return of the Living Dead, I should emphasize the return. Um, which was done by Dan O'Bannon, uh, who wrote Alien. And, uh, that is... Based on the concept that the original movie, Night of the Living Dead, was based on a true story. Um, and uh, so that in itself is confusing, and that movie has two sequels. Mm -hmm. And then also, when Dawn of the Dead was released in Italy, it was called Zombie. Uh, and then Lucio Fulci made a movie called Zombie 2, uh, which in this country was just released as Zombie. And that movie has a bunch of sequels, <laughs> so it gets it gets very confused. There's, I mean, in other countries, other countries love zombie movies a lot more than 
America actually, particularly Italy, has had a ton of zombie movies, uh, especially in the 70s. The Italian ones are extremely harsh, too, yes. I might add. Yes. What, yeah. what they lack in acting ability and, and direction and, and budget, they make up for in horrible, horrible gore. It's like <laughs> Very horrific. harsh gore. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, it makes it makes it worthwhile. There's, there's some fun ones out there. And the return ones are uh, pretty funny. I'll say that about them. They're mostly comedies. I yeah. Think. yeah, I liked. Yeah, I, I think I liked all the Return of the Living Dead. Those were fun. Um, what's kind of interesting is the uh, the pre Night of the Living Dead zombie movies, which there aren't really that many, but um, some good ones are White Zombie uh, and I Walked with the Zombie, which is a, a Val Luton film, uh, which is kind of atmospheric and creepy. These aren't the eating people zombies, but they're the uh, People possessed zombies before they became the cannibalistic. Um, Tell me, Phil, as our zombie movie connoisseur. um, (laughs) Specialist. Specialist. His title is Specialist. specialist. Zombie Specialist. Um, Am I correct in in my thinking that Return of the Living Dead is actually the film that introduced the idea that zombies don't want to consume your entire body, only your brains? Yes. Okay. Because there's some confusion about that. Yes. I'm, I'm not positive about this, but I think... It might be the first one where there was talking zombies too, because mm. they actually say they brains. say brains. Brains. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If I and they, actually they move pretty fast in that movie too. They do. They run. Yeah. Those are those were uh, they're like jogging zombies. Pre pre running zombie yes. running zombies. They're, they're, they'd worked on the treadmill of it. They're, <laughs> yep. They're looking up working up the cardiovascular system. Um, well, if Romero is able to do a fourth installment. Mm-hmm. To his zombie. Do you imagine he'll go with slow moving or fast? Oh, he'll he'll stick with slow moving. That's um, his trademark. That's his thing. Yeah, uh, I think it, the thing I I, re, I really like about Ramiro is actually, I mean, you can enjoy those films as just fun zombie movies, but every one of them also is very relevant to the time period that it comes out. Mm-hmm. Like the first one came out in the '60s, Dawn came out in the '70s, and Day came out in the '80s, and they're all very much about like society at that time so i'd be really interested to see what you know his new one would be about you know what is what is his comment yeah, look, on look society. at america in yeah. the 21st century yeah. according to george romero um a zombie movie i like a lot um it's called Shockwaves. oh <laughs> it's part of a, a subgenre of zombie movies I, I guess a sub subgenre you might call them um about Nazi zombies yep. <laughs> coming up from from the deep, and uh, I, I of the ones I've seen, I've seen a few. I don't know. This is definitely the cream of the crop of, yeah. of, of, of the Nazi, Nazi zombie zombie sub yeah. subgenre. <laughs> it's number one on the list. <laughs> Phil knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, if you look around, there's there's there are swimming zombies yes. in some movies that that fight sharks yeah. and uh, <laughs> various other things. It's yeah, the, the Italians definitely got really creative with that. Um, there's a uh, there's a a really fun Rupert Everett movie uh, called Cemetery Man from the early 90s, which is actually pretty fun, where he's just this guy who guards this cemetery where zombies come out of the graves constantly, and he just kills them completely nonchalantly because it's so expected. <laughs> so, he doesn't want to fill out the paperwork right, like right. if he were to report it. <laughs> <laughs> so he just keeps putting them back in the graves. It's it's a pretty funny movie. Now, does anybody remember the movie Chud? Yes. Yeah. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, which <laughs> yeah. is about these, uh, which is kind of a fun movie. Yeah. Not, not very good at all, but it is fun. These yeah. uh, wraith-like creatures that live in the sewer and kill people. 
early John Goodman uh, yes. cameo. And uh, I don't know. This is kind of a cop out, but if a qualifier for a zombie is the undead or the Walking Dead, then I'll just say uh, Count Orlock from Nosferatu. Ooh, He'd probably nice. be my favorite zombie. Yeah, there's a, definitely a correlation between like zombies and vampires and stuff like and, that. And yeah. then, fine, fine. and the silent movie, line. the original silent movie from the 20s, doesn't necessarily set him up as a vampire specifically, just as this diseased, right, n- non-human thing that kills people. <laughs> All right. So, well, that leads us to our video pick of the week. We're almost done right here, Reverend. Yep. Video pick of the week. Yep, it's go with it. It's a, it's an obvious one, but it has to be said. The original Dawn of the Dead, the original masterpiece. I can say that without any irony. It's a masterpiece. No, it's it's, a, it's an excellent film. Great movie. Even people who don't really like horror movies like it. You know, so it's that's definitely one that's worth worth the time. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't a new DVD of it come out? Uh, yeah, fairly recently. Correct. There's You're multiple correct. multiple versions <laughs> available in video and DVD. So, so you can get out there and rent that if yeah. if it if, if you so choose. If you're so inclined. <laughs> if you're so inclined. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the original George Romero 1978 classic, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we're that we love. Yeah, is our video pick of the week. Yeah. All right, excellent show, guys. Uh, uh, I want to thank Alex. The Reverend Andy, uh, I'm Brad. We're on uh, every Thursday, seven to eight, here on the Impact. So we'll see you next week. Stick around. The Basement's up next. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this evening's exposure, only on eighty-eight point nine, The Impact.